Welcome to Mastering the Attention Economy podcast. I'm your host, Ari Lewis. Twice a week, we interview entrepreneurs, executives, and industry leaders on how to break through the noise and capture the audience's attention. Today's guest is Brian Boshe. Brian is a senior product manager at Smartsheet and a TikTok influencer with over 300,000 followers. Hey, Ari. Thanks for having me. So, Brian, I'm really glad for, for you to join us today. It's, it's funny how the world works. We knew each other many, many years ago when you lived in Cleveland, Ohio, and then just out of the blue, started following each other on Twitter, and I didn't even put two and two together until, until a bit later. But, you know, the reason I wanted to bring you on is, um, you know, you're a serial entrepreneur, but you've sort of grown this huge TikTok following to 300,000 followers. Um, I wanted to really hone in and focus on that. So, you know, my first question for you is, you know, you've you've been using Twitter for a while. You know, how did you come across TikTok? What, what was your reasoning for for starting there? Yeah, so I started a company in 2013 that was a creative agency. So got really interested in doing creative work, and that evolved over time into a software company to help creatives manage their work. So have always been interested in software plus creative. How do we enable creatives to work more efficiently? Have to kind of remove a lot of the manual work. And we sold the Smartsheet in 2019, and I became a product manager. So led marketing at Slope, did a lot of creative work, a lot of creative agency work, and then dove into kind of the product and engineering side. So have always like wanted to do creative work myself. And after about nine months of being a product manager, I just got this itch to start creating again. And you know, if, if everyone remembers in 2019, TikTok ads were everywhere, just constant those viral loops across all platforms. And I was like, oh, just like another Vine. Like, why is this getting so popular? It's just a bunch of young kids. But then there was one that really got to me of kind of unleashing creativity. That was one of the ads and one of the things where, hey, we're giving creators a lot of different tools to do any type of video. It's not just dances. And it kind of reminded me of early Instagram, where some of the early Instagram people really took off because they were early on the platform. So had two hours a day on the bus commuting to work every day and downloaded TikTok when I was bored. And was like, wow, this is actually really compelling what you can do on this platform. Started learning how to edit on my phone with Adobe Premiere Rush because I was on the bus and had my phone with me. And that's really what kind of inspired me to start making videos on TikTok. That's awesome. So, you know, you're up to 300,000 followers now. Um, Want to dive deeper into, you know, let's start with like, what was your most successful video with virality? You know, what are, what are also some of the things you've noticed where like on Instagram, you know, you might get a thousand, two thousand likes and it, it slowly grows up. But with TikTok, you could go from zero followers to, you know, a hundred thousand followers overnight. You know, how, how is that? How have you leveraged that platform for virality? And like, what, what are the really successful videos that have happened for you? Yeah, well, when I started, I was just, you know, doing random videos, travel videos, basketball videos. I was all over the place just experimenting and not seeing much growth. And then once I picked my niche, uh, which became kind of creative inspiration, doing photo and video, you know, photo and video videos. So how to use your phone to create cool creative videos. Those started really hitting home with the audience where people on TikTok, again, trying to be creators, trying to be creative. I was giving these photo tips and these video tips on how they can make better videos. And those are the videos that really started taking off where I would do like, hey, this is how you do a long exposure on your iPhone because you can do long exposures with live. That first one got 2 million videos or 2 million views in the first day or two, 
which was the most viral I have ever gone in my entire life. It was very bizarre just opening up your phone and having thousands of notifications every second, which is a very bizarre experience. It's also a little scary because you're like, oh, shit, people are actually able to see this now. And I also noticed that a lot of people would do very similar videos over and over again. So I literally did that exact same live photo tip in different scenarios, probably 14 times. I would do like one a week, literally the exact same formula of a video. Every single one got over a million views. Wow. That's... So it peaked, it peaked, I, one got 14 million views. And back then you could pick up 30,000 followers in a day if you had a video go viral. That, that's that's crazy that's that's really that's really nuts what so one of my favorite videos that you did was the one where you replicate the the nike basketball ad um can, can you know, can you talk about well first off for for viewers who and, and listeners who probably aren't familiar with that can you talk about what that ad that, or that video is and and what inspired you to do that sure so uh, that's kind of a basketball in the wild series that i'm just having fun with where you know, you have these iconic Nike ads that are very inspirational. They're always like running the marathon in like this beautiful location. And I was on vacation and there was this road that looked like it should be in a Nike ad. And I had my basketball in my car as I always do. And so I went, hey, can we, you know, to my wife, can we pull over and just like see how this looks? And so I just dribbled in slow motion and I was like, holy shit, this looks amazing. Like the contrast of basket dribbling a basketball on a highway in the middle of nowhere just like popped to me. So we started filming at different locations, like playing basketball, doing some sort of basketball drill uh, in nature with these like incredible environments. And then, you know, Sam Pez, formerly of Thinkmodo, took it and started actually making them Nike ads with like the, the voiceovers and the text. Um, so it's just, hey, you could, if you like an ad or if you like something creative you see in the world, go recreate it, get your own spin on it. And that's kind of the, the point of the channel is, is to inspire people to be creative in whatever they really latch onto. So, you know, now that you've built this following, you know, right, you're over 300,000 followers. What are some of the opportunities that you've seen have, have, have come from, you know, building this audience? Because, you know, on other on other platforms, you know, you still have a decent amount of followers, right? You have about 10,000 followers on, on Twitter. You have your own Slack community. I think you have, right, 10,000 followers on Instagram. But, you know, this is the magnitude more on TikTok. What have, what have you noticed the new opportunities that came from this as well as, you know, the differences in the opportunities? Yeah, well, there's two sides to it. If it's kind of the the personal development and the personal growth you get from it and the skills that you gain and then also kind of the, the business opportunities that may come from it. But let's say no one ever paid me a cent for making any TikTok videos or there was no commercial success from it. When you When you spend time on platforms like that and creating like that, I have learned how to get better across all social. I've learned how to become a better marketer because of it, because you get to see what works and what doesn't, what people latch onto, what your audience likes. And so when you get to that level of success, you kind of see, okay, uh, what can I do on Twitter that would work better with my audience? What kind of creative things can I do on Instagram that I haven't been doing that could help me grow there? So just for personal development, you know, for, for everyone out there that's creating, even if you don't get many followers or you don't get commercial opportunities, it's still incredibly valuable. And then on the commercial side, like being able to work with brands and kind of learn how brands reach out to influencers and creators, how they work with them, what kind of returns you can get on it, um, and just showing off yourself as a professional marketer or a creator that, hey, I can do these things. I can, you know, I can do creative things on my own. You don't have to prove it by getting a job and working your way up through an agency or kind of a longer path. You can just do it yourself and show people what you can do. So I think we'd be remiss if, if we didn't talk about, you know, the potential risks of, of TikTok being banned in the United States. 
Um, you know, how are you dealing with a that that ban might happen, and and b, you know, what are some of the the ways you're trying to mitigate from that if if if, if that does happen? Yeah. So I think you can really look at any channel as there's always a risk that you get it's taken away. So if you're building your Instagram following, your Facebook following, your TikTok, whatever it is, uh, there's always a chance that it's going to be taken away or you don't control it. You can get banned. You can get suspended. We've seen that on Twitch. We've seen that across different channels. So we know we've talked about this and this is popular in the, in the B2B marketing space, but owning your audience by building your own email lists, by directing people to your own platforms that you actually own is really important here. So if TikTok's banned, you know, I, I haven't done a good job of converting my TikTok audience to email newsletters or anything like that. I, and frankly, I, d I don't really care to do that as much. Um, I have a huge following in, in across the world, in India, in, in Southeast Asia. Uh, it's, it's a pretty young following, so I'm not, I'm not trying to capture a bunch of 14-year-olds' email addresses and, and really monetize that in any way. Um, so for TikTok specifically, it's, it's not a huge risk to me if it goes out the door. And like I said before, uh, the skills I've gained from it are more important than the, than the follower account. So I'm not too concerned, but if, if you are trying to build you know, that following, make sure that you own some platform, that you own that audience, and you can actually uh, convert them to something in the future. So if your 300,000 follower list goes down and you want that audience, uh, make sure it can't just be taken away from you by a, by a ban. So, you know, you talk about owning the audience. What does that look like? Because right in the B2B space, it's it's owning email addresses. Even in the B2C space with with certain types of audiences, it's still, you know, owning email addresses. Now there's this shift to like community where people are doing text messaging. But in, if you have a bunch of like young follower, young followers, like, you know, in your case, some are 14 year olds. Like, how, how do you own that list? How do you how do you capture that audience for yourself? Yeah. So if you're if you if you're not trying to get personal data from people, it is at least growing your audiences across different channels. So you see like David Dobrik, huge YouTube channel. He's converted most of those people over to TikTok. And you know you convert those people over to Instagram. So spreading your audience across channels really helps de-risk. So I've done a lot of things to bring people from my TikTok account to my Instagram account. So that if TikTok goes down, at least I have a lot of my followers from TikTok over on Instagram. You know, you can start a YouTube channel, bring people there. So if you spread them around the different platforms, it really helps de-risk. And there are fun things you can do like that. Like I, I did a, uh, I did a video where I said I'll edit your photo if you send it to me through Instagram. So if you follow me on Instagram, send me a message with a photo. I'll edit it for you. And I picked up 5,000 Instagram followers from that video because it gave people a reason to go to cross-platform. So I would, I would say try to spread it around if you're not trying to grab the email addresses or, or numbers. Just on a personal curiosity, how did you, how were you able to edit 5,000 uh, photos? Are you still doing it, was it today? a lot of work. I think I did, I think I got to, I didn't do every single one because some people wouldn't follow or some people would, the, the photos I got were crazy. Some, so I didn't do some of the crazy ones, but I did thousands of photo edits. And this was a personal challenge to myself. I, I really wanted to get better at Lightroom. And so was practicing on Lightroom mobile. It takes about five minutes to edit some of these simple videos or some of these simple photos. So I just crushed through it. And it was like the, I took a, I took a creative live class on photo editing and then just tried to use those skills in, in Lightroom mobile, a lot of bus rides, a lot of time on the bus editing, editing people's photos. So, um, you know, you, you touched on David Dobrik and, and one of the interesting things that he, he's done, and for, for those maybe not familiar with him, he's a, he's a YouTube blogger who has millions of followers. He stopped producing videos on YouTube. He hasn't posted a video in about two and a half, three months, and he's gone exclusively 
to TikTok. You know, have is it your opinion that a lot of a lot more influencers will be focusing more on the short form video? And is that you know you think the future of of, of video creation? Uh, I don't know exactly why he did it, where maybe he's not on YouTube as much, but I think TikTok has done a really nice job uh, empowering creators, so giving them opportunities to go viral, to build their audience. I think they're doing a lot of great work in, you know, I can see a future where TikTok offers, uh, you know, actually produce curated shows with these creators. So they actually elevate those up and can start paying creators to produce shows like the, you know, almost the Spotify model, but for short form video where they're, they're paying creators to produce custom shows for them. So I think that the future of TikTok is pretty exciting. And I think uh, channels like Instagram, YouTube, they're hard. They're hard, man. It's hard to grow on those. And it's just, it's a grind. And with TikTok, they actually, things can explode. So it's a little bit more exciting right now. And they seem to have a good future and roadmap plan to help creators. So I can see why people are headed there, but I think it's more exclusive to TikTok than maybe it is the short form video itself. So, you know, you, you brought up, um, you know, TikTok's explosion. But one of the really interesting things that I've seen with TikTok that I haven't seen with other channels is sort of, you know, their user generated content is is so good. And, you know, I think a lot of younger folks are, are sort of more turned off by produced and, and professional content. But what I've really noticed that's interesting is the ads Sometimes I can't even tell if it's user-generated content or, or produced content. So, you know, you're talking about uh, this produced content and, and potentially TikTok partnering with folks. You know, do, do you see it's sort of like this, this new third, third category coming in where it's like folks like you and they're getting paid, but they, they want it to look like user-generated content and it's, it's not really produced content? Yeah, I mean, with the TikTok creator marketplace where the brands can connect with the different creators that have large followings, they are they're doing that really well, where they can partner with someone to create a you know a very authentic video that's very in line with their uh, you know with their channel and what the videos they make. Like every brand I've worked with, they're like, you get to make whatever you want, just make sure you include our song, you know, if it's a label, or make sure that you include the product somehow but it's very loose and they really kind of leave it very open-ended and flexible for the creators. And then you're right, if the brand directly produces an ad, TikTok is very formulaic. There are songs you can use, there's dance moves, there's a, a bunch of different things you can do that it's, there's a lot of repeatability. So it's kind of easy to make a video from a brand perspective that looks like it's the rest of the, the TikTok videos because people do follow formulas pretty consistently. So one of the things that, um, you know, you're talking about working with brands and you are also on the creative side, you know, what are some brands doing really well on TikTok to partner with creators and, and where, are, you know, some brands potentially missing the boat where they're just completely off base and have just their whole TikTok strategy is just not doing well. And, you know, maybe you don't have name specifics, but you can, you can talk in, in generalities there. So some generalities that I've seen. So if you're a smaller brand, for example, so if you're a, you know, a CPG brand or you're, you're just getting your direct to consumer brand off the ground, there are some that have done a really nice job for behind the scenes stuff. So they almost bring you into their startup journey where they're like, hey, we just got our new office and they really kind of bring people in and then people follow them because they're interested in watching their growth. And then they'll buy their sunglasses or their photography backpacks or whatever it happens to be because it's almost like a little reality show for a startup. 
So that's worked really well I've seen for uh, smaller companies. For larger companies, it is working with the creators themselves and letting the creators really determine what the strategy is and how to integrate the product. Um, it's it's companies like, I think Specialized Bikes does an incredible job. Shout out Specialized. I haven't worked with them, I'd love to, but they do insane bike videos and they partner with creators, with professional cyclists, with, uh, you know, I don't even know what what BMX, it's not BMX biking when it's a specialized bike, but like the, the trick bikers, um, they'll like do the, they'll hop on a dance trend, but it'll be on a bike. So they do a really nice job of going with the trends, but actually, uh, you know, putting it in the, the context of their audience with the, the people that are passionate about bikes. The things that have flopped, it's every brand that tries to start a dance move seems to not do well. I haven't, I haven't seen really those go off really well. I haven't seen the, hey, like recreate this. It, it doesn't, it's really hard to force um, for a brand to like start a trend like that. It has to happen more organically. It works for songs, but when it's like a, a consumer good or something like that that tries to start like, hey, we're going to do the name brand here dance, those seem to flop a little bit more. So you can't really create trends that I've seen that well. If you can, good on you as a marketing team, but it's more letting the creators themselves kind of to drive that. So do you think TikTok's success has been attributed to the fact that you know, their algorithm and their user experience is so good or the fact that no one was really focusing on, you know, we had Vine, but Vine got shut down, um, you know, that no one was really doing short form video or was it a combination of the two? Yeah, I think Instagram did short form video, so I don't even think it's the the medium itself. It's uh, TikTok did a really good job for new users. So when I think about TikTok versus maybe Twitter, when you go into TikTok for the first time, you don't need to create an account. You don't need to do anything and it will just give you viral video after viral video. You have to put almost no work in to get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Where if you go into Twitter, it is a slog. You have to curate your list. You have to follow the right people. You have to engage. It's just it, Twitter's work where TikTok is just fun and it's really easy to consume. So that, that makes it so that if you're someone who actually creates something, there's a huge audience there that is engaging that can be uh, super engaged with your content and not even have an account. I think user 18473475 is my biggest fan. I don't even know who they are. I don't think, even think they have an account. Um, so I think that the way they present their content and the way they can hook you in from day one is really powerful. And then on the creator side, you know, my first video got 30,000 views. It was a stupid video of a sunset. But I was like, whoa, I need to invest more time here. I can get 30,000 views on a video with no followers. And in Instagram, I'll get 12 likes. Like, this is exciting. So they help on both sides. So, you know, my last question that I ask all my guests is, you know, if you were starting your TikTok account over, what's like the one lesson, one thing you'd do differently that, you know, you've learned since, since you've started? Yeah, start with a niche. Um, so start with an actual thing that you are passionate about, that you like creating videos about very consistently because consistency is key on TikTok and having a reason someone follows you, whether your passion is woodworking or basketball or fishing, pick a niche that you want to create videos about. That is the most successful and it's really fun. So have fun with it. If you go viral, don't get scared. It's fun. Uh, and I would also just say, you know, separate out followers from your enjoyment of it. So if you're not getting followers, that's fine. If you're having fun making videos, just have fun making videos. Well, Brian, thanks so much for joining me. Really appreciate it. You know, for, for those who, who might want to follow you um, or hire you or, or work with you, you know, where can they find you? Obviously, you know, share your TikTok account, but other social media platforms as yep. well. Yep. Follow me on TikTok at Brian Boucher and then Twitter's at Brian P. Boucher. Didn't, didn't get that one. I had to put the middle initial on that one. But uh, TikTok, I got at Brian Boucher to follow that. Got it. And Boche is spelled B-O-S-C-H-E. And I will also include the 
the URLs and, and both the podcast and, and on YouTube. But Brian, thanks again for joining me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you.